When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the Fightful Boxing Podcast today, June 15th, 2017. The one, the only, Stephen Mulehouse. And Stephen, it's been a couple of weeks, and boy, it's uh, really not a lot of stuff happened in boxing in these last couple of weeks. You know, I don't know about you, not a lot of stuff happened. You know, a lot of stuff didn't happen until... We plan on talking about... We're not talking about like a small fight. Well, we'll meet with a couple of small fights there. We plan on talking about Ward Kovalev, and that would take up probably about half of this, maybe 20 minutes of this podcast. But, man, there's some news that broke yesterday. Man, I'm kind of trying to scratch my head. Oh, I remember now. Floyd Mayweather's facing Conor McGregor, August the 26th. T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, fights at 154 pounds. They will be wearing 10-ounce gloves. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, and I've already gotten this question, even though they've already made it clear, abundantly clear, I will say it again for about the 100th time in the last about 15 out, about the last 16 hours, it is a boxing match. It will be 12 rounds. So I think we can all put that away and let everyone resonate with that, but our worst dream, at least I know my worst dream. Your worst dream. Again. I don't know about you. I don't, I don't know about myself, but this is your worst. You, you're the one that's been saying this is my. This is your worst dream. It is, just because. Now I just remember Mayweather Pacquiao, and I remember the ten weeks that journey was. And now I'm on another 10-week journey of this. And then I'll be expediting to Las Vegas. And then, like, I was there in Vegas for Mayweather Pacquiao. So now I got to once again get on an airplane and head to Las Vegas for a circus. So that's why I'm not looking forward to it. Because I've already consumed enough of this since the beginning of since, like, late last year. We've been talking about it very often on the Fightful.com boxing podcast. So now we get a lot more of it. This is what you're going to get, ladies and gentlemen, for the majority of the next. Now we got 72 days until this mega fight happens. Yes, it's a mega fight. So expect a lot of articles on Fightful.com. A lot of on our MMA and boxing podcast. We'll be talking about this. I would virtually guarantee you that this is going to dominate a lot of a lot of the time. And so get used to it and enjoy the ride. Because I think at the end of the day. Carlos, this is going to be pretty awesome. Regardless of what happens in the fight, and I think we, we will talk about it in a minute, but it's going to be a very fun journey. I just, I, This is going to be more fun than Mayweather-Pacquiao. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a really fun journey. Before I, we, we delve into more in, into this and talk about the conference call uh, with uh, Stephen Espinosa, Leonard LRB, and Dana White, I have a little. I have a little bit of a surprise for you. 
I, you know what? I like surprises. So for those of you that have been following the video version of the boxing podcast, they've noticed that I've had bleached hair because <gasps> of Puerto Rican baseball. Yeah, Steven, you're getting it. You no longer look like Justin Bieber. You look like a. Ah. You, you no longer look like a twelve-year-old boy. You've now graduated <laughs> to to an eighteen-year-old man. Congratulations! You look That's, great, by the way. You look uh, thank great, you. man. You look great. Look, you're no longer a boy. You're now a man. It's like you hit your bar mit. You you hit bar your bar mit. You no, know, you're a bar mitzvah. This is our bar mitzvah today, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I said it. A bar mitzvah. Carlos Toro, we're celebrating you, my friend. So, this whole so podcast is dedicated to you today. So really quickly, for those of you listening to the audio version, uh, I've had ble- uh, blonde hair for the past two and a half months or so. And oh, in the two weeks that between the last podcast and this one, uh, I cut it off because my natural hair color was growing back. And I thought, you know what? Now's the time to get rid of it. So, yep, so, and I know how much Steven wanted this to happen, for this to happen. Now the no. Justin Bieber joke can end. Um, for now, for, for now. now, but no, man, this is a good way to start, man. I'm excited you finally did the hair. Fantastic. Fantastic. No, good. Yeah. For now. <laughs> awesome, awesome. But. Let's talk about the com- uh, the conference call and what is- what were your thoughts on the conference call? Because I have plenty to say about the third about the forty minutes. Well, first they were about a half hour late. We'll get started with that. But your thoughts just on the, about thirty seven minutes. Was around thirty seven minutes. What were your thoughts on the conference call yesterday evening? So one thing, and this is something that I thought was smart on their on all three guys' part at the start of the conference call, was they not only built up the fight, because the fight didn't really need to be built up that much to generate this amount of hype. Look at all the hype that's been generated already. But the way they have built up Connor's chances of doing damage to Floyd Mayweather. I mean, it wasn't just Dana Leonard Ellerby, who's the CEO made with the promotions. He was he was talking McGregor up a lot. They were talking about how you know he strong his punches are. I mean, his stamina that he's you know he's capable of going five UFC rounds and still come out not fresh, but still you know in really good condition. They've looked you know Connor's fight. At that kind of weight class, uh, one thing that I thought that was really interesting that Dana was talking about when you mentioned Mayweather, uh, Mayweather Pacquiao, they they mentioned that and they said that they there was Dana said there was a lot of problems with that event, especially with the ticket information. He got ten tickets for that fight. And they said that they're going to learn a lot from this. I hope they learn a lot from from the Mayweather Pacquiao because, in all in all, the spectacle was, was great. All the hype was generated, but the fight itself was pretty boring. The event was marred by so many logistical problems. I mean, there was so many 
showing the pay-per-view in so many different places. Like over there in New Jersey, there were uh, dozens of restaurants that were showing the pay-per-view where the pay-per-view just crashed and they couldn't watch it. And a lot of people were cheated out of $100. So I, I, I have a sneaking you know, suspicion. Ellerby's, Espinosa, and Dana White are going to really uh, double down on that, on the pay-per-view showing. Now, you know, there were a lot of, I think there were a lot of issues with it. And you're 110% correct. A lot of the issues, Carlos, were due to the fight wasn't even signed. And and take this for all the I's and all the T's were not even crossed until a week before the fight. Think about that. The fight was going to happen. But then there was like a, I remember there was a day or two within like about 10 to 14 days before the fight. And there was a little bit of a rumble. The fight was going to be off due to this. It's it's like, what is taking so long? Did, you know, Mayweather and Pacquiao signed the contract to fight, but there was a whole bunch of other things that had to be signed and agreed to. And it was a complete mess. And Dana was right when he said that yesterday. And you, and it's shocking. It wasn't a shock because this was that was a fight people wanted to see. It was six years in the making, so you had to look at it. You knew it was going to draw big, and it drew huge, bigger than I, bigger than anyone ever imagined. And this time is different, though, and and this is why. Dana White's going to make sure every I and every T is crossed. Dana Dana White's. A lot, and this is no knock on Bob Arum and Leonard Ellerby, but they had never staged an event like that. I think it was a little bit too big. You know, Bob Arum's done a ton of fights, but that was at a different time. And we're in a new age where interest is higher than it was in the 70s. It was higher and bigger in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s. This is a whole other, that was a whole other ball of wax. Dana White's been here. He's done big fights. This is nothing new to Dana White. He knows what he's doing. And you can see by the call, as Dana dominated a lot of the call, Dana White knows how to hype fights. Dana White's a promoter. He knows what he's doing. He knows that he made sure every I and every T was crossed here. Yeah, they still got to do like with ticket prices and, you know, what the pay-per-view price in a press conference and maybe a little mini tour because I've been hearing some rumblings about the tour like a two or three city tour. But this is a big deal. And Dana White's going to be very meticulous. And I think Leonard Ellerby learned a lot here because that was even something new for Leonard. It really was. Floyd had been in some big fights. You know, they had Canelo and De La Hoya, but De La Hoya and his team took care of a lot of that stuff. This is a whole new deal for Leonard Ellerby. And I think Leonard learned a lot from that. And I think Leonard learned a lot. And I think he's going to use that. And I think he's going to use it to his advantage. Now he knows the mistakes not to make. And you're dealing with a shark. Dana White, at the end of the day, is a shark. But he is also, regardless of what we want to say about Dana White, Dana White's a great promoter. We won't have ticket issues. I can guarantee. I don't put a lot of guarantees on things, many things in life, but I can guarantee there will not be a ticket issue. There will not be. Everything will be signed. Every The fighters have signed. The distribution deal is signed. Now it's just taking care of the sponsors and a little meticulous stuff. Ticket prices. That will be, that can be agreed upon, I think, within the next 
72 hours. Well, here's something about a presser within the next five to seven days. I'd be shocked if we don't hear nothing by the end of – I wouldn't be shocked by the end of tomorrow. Maybe at the very worst, I think Monday. So all those little things and issues before will not be an issue this time around. So everyone can relax. Go get your tickets. <laughs> yeah, sure. You have a if you have maybe seven, eight, ten thousand dollars lying around and a trip to Las Vegas. Sure. <laughs> um, I'm. I don't plan on that happening. It's going to be a lot of money. I know I know people that are already were cuz this basically how this timeline went for people cuz I've been getting a lot of this and we'll we'll explain this right now. This all started the rumbling started last year. They didn't start talking seriously about this though. It would be like they each Friday would bring it up. Conversations didn't start till January. And I, we talked about this a while ago, but some people may have forgotten and may not have looked back in the archives of the Fightful.com uh, boxing podcast. This started back in January. Dana White had his first conversation with Hal Heyman. And Dana, Dana, Dana realized, man, this was actually kind of easy because you had both parties. Both parties get it, Carlos. There's going to be a lot of money made here. And we'll get into all the financial stuff in a little while. But... Negotiations started then, but with a fight of this magnitude, it's going to take time, and that's what people don't understand because they deal with weight, the glove issue, where how it was going to air in terms of distribution, you know, drug testing. A lot of that stuff takes time, and there, you know, a date. A lot of people don't. People think this can be is all done in like five minutes. It's not. There was a little handling on both sides, and Connor and the UFC had to agree to a deal, and then and that's look a little bit, and then. We got to this point. About a month ago, it was it was just about done. It was the date. All the thing, only thing they were couldn't agree on was the date because they planned for September sixteenth. They it was they really didn't think about Triple G and Canelo. We'll get into that as well in a little while. But this all really started taking shape in January. So that's kind of the lowdown. And then we had what happened. Uh, they pulled August twenty sixth, and then. And this was the genius of Floyd Mayweather. He had the world pretty pissed off. I'm pulling the date back. That was great. Pure genius. And then they put the date, they called uh, Bob Bennett and the Nevada Athletic Commission. They wanted the date back on. Bob said, not a problem. I don't, it's something we can put right back on the agenda. At yesterday's meeting. Happened. And then I heard about one Eastern that it was signed. I'm like, oh, man. Why couldn't we do this on a Friday? Mayweather likes doing stuff on Friday. So that's what I was really hoping for. I'm like, man, okay, Friday will be great. I don't have to do as much. We can, like, really filter over to the weekend. And then they're like, no, it's – I got And then I'm, I saw a report by Yahoo and gave Kevin Ioli a lot of props from Yahoo Sports. Broke the story. Great job by Kevin. Kevin's one of the best in the business. So definitely – I don't plug other sites, but Kevin is a good friend of mine. So props to Kevin Ioli at Yahoo Sports. And then I did some work. And I love telling this story because I think it's great. And I said this in some radio interviews last night. I was eating a chopped salad. Had a piece of chicken in my mouth. Because I had called some people and no one was calling me back. So I'm like, I'm just going to eat dinner. Mayweather's PR lady called and she's like, yep. She's like, Floyd's about to put it on social media. And I'm like, 
<laughs> I just chuckled and she's and then she's like, Well, I'll see you in 10 weeks. I'm like, Well, what about the press? She's like, Well, I'll see you sooner then. I'm like, all right. And I just looked at my wife and I'm like, Looks like um August 20. I'm leaving around August 22nd. She's like, Why? And I told her, she's like, she just didn't understand. She's a woman. And she's about no, I I don't mean that I'm gonna get blasted for this. I'm sorry, ladies. She just didn't understand because she didn't understand the significance of it. And once I explained it, she did. So that's kind of really how this all really happened. And do you know anything else I don't know? Or, or are, you all just, are you just learning this firsthand as well? Because I, I, I don't know how much you know. Because we haven't talked too much. Uh, well, as far as their promotional, I know it's going to be, you know, they as they mentioned in the conference call, that which I was listening to live, um, if within within the seven days they're going to announce that I would imagine that they're going to have to go for a tour for all the big cities. I would imagine New York is probably going to be one of the first stops on that press tour, yeah. and they're going to be spending a lot of time in the next month. Uh, uh, negative one underscore two zero nine on on our live chat was saying, "What's up, guys? Not sure if you touch on this, but do you think this date is too soon for McGregor prep wise?" I want to get in. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, what was his name again? Uh, negative one underscore two zero nine. Man, he sounds like just a negative guy. If that's like your first, if that's your <laughs> name, screen name, brother. Come on, be positive, man. This is a positive thing. Or how do I got to change that name? Put positive and then the numbers, amigo. But um, you know, you talk about a tour. You got to figure they're going to go to Dublin. I think that that's going to be imperative. I think that's something. I think Conor McGregor is really going to insist. I think he he has. I would imagine he's already insisted on. You would think Dublin, New York, Vegas. Probably LA, maybe Chicago. Chicago. I think they're. I think the whole thing is they're going to hit. I think the major. If they're they're going to do a big press tour, and I don't know yet. I've been re, I've been on the phones already this morning trying to see. Hey, what do we? What's going on here in terms of this? And la, late last night, and no one has an answer. I no one's gotten back to me. If I'm running this, I'm hitting Dublin. You do, guarantees Dublin, New York, Los Angeles. But then what you have to do is you have to hit those Irish markets. Boston, Chicago, you really have to. Those are two hotbeds, two hotbeds. And I'm not saying this I'm here. It's because I know Mick Conlon just fought here and sold about 4,000 tickets. All for the rabid Irish fans. So you have to remember that. So I think if they, if they hit those bases, and maybe they'll hit Miami, maybe they'll do Vegas, but I can see – they're gonna knock that. I think they can. They can knock that out in about ten days. I really do. They, they can get. They can do this really quick. So, but I think if they do it, they may just do New York, LA, and New York and Dublin and call it a day. They may just do LA and New, Dublin. Maybe they do three cities. Maybe it's just New York, LA, and Dublin. I, I I don't know, but I think Dublin will. Probably, I would imagine Dublin will have to be a part of it, just because like it was for the World Tour with Aldo and. Uh, with Aldo and McGregor. So, but now back to that question. I want to say, yeah, because it is too soon, but you have to remember here, the date they wanted was September 16th. I prefer, because I kept hearing November 11th. And it was a date I kept hearing, because the UFC is doing, they're returning to the Madison Square Garden on November 4th. So that was, as soon as that was, Announced, I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay, maybe. just kind of looking at the calendar. 
maybe you go, I would have, maybe you can go like the end of January. Maybe you could have done, you could have waited till next May. Imagine that. That's kind of something I actually thought about and I thought would have made a lot of sense. But I have no problem with August 26th. August is a good time for pay-per-views. You know, you're, there's really nothing in July. You got July 29th with Jones and Cormier. You got Adrian Broner and Mikey Garcia. But then you have like a little bit of a lull in between there. So is it too soon? Probably. But you know what, though? It makes sense. You got about 10 weeks. And McGregor, it's not like McGregor just started training. Well, it's just Conor McGregor has been training for this for about a year now. So I think Connor's right. I'm like, he's going to be as ready as he's going to be. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. I mean, Connor's not a guy who slouches around. I mean, yeah, he was taking a break after the Eddie Alvarez fight for the birth of his kid, uh, which, by the way, congrats to him, which I, which I believe he was born, like, last month or so, if I'm not. That's correct. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, listen, Connor's a guy, listen, they, they were setting on, they were saying on the conference call, uh, Dana Wade was saying, Connor's already in, in Ireland training with guys, and, you know, He's going to be extremely. He's going to be, as you mentioned, as ready as he can possibly be for this fight. There's a. He's going to come in aggressive, just as he's always been, just as he was against Eddie Alvarez. He's going to come out swinging. He's a guy who really his cardio after the after the second Nate Diaz fight. I don't think his cardio should be questioned at all because these are shorter rounds, and he can certainly rest. Get rest in between rounds. You know, three rounds is a lot different than five rounds in the UFC. And listen, and Floyd's not a guy who's going to throw a million, he's not a thousand punch thrower like when you're talking about like a David Lemieux or a Gennady Golovkin. He's not that type of guy. So I think when you're looking at the semantics of the fight itself, and, and one thing that I thought was really interesting was they were talking so much about Connor's chances in the uh, in the conference call. And Dana White was really pushing the whole Floyd struggles against Southpaw's angle, especially, like, early on, like, right from the get-go. Really, it's – I don't think – I can't – I can't possibly see Floyd knocking out Connor in, like, 90 seconds, kind of like – or anything like that. I don't see that happening. It might have Connor's boxing stance – is really bad, and Floyd sees an opportunity. But really, you're, you're talking about a 40 year old who hasn't knocked out who hasn't knocked out anybody legitimately since Ricky Hatton about a decade about a decade ago. His hands, you know, in the last maybe six seven years of his career, we've noticed that Floyd's hands have gotten really brittle, and you know, he even needed, if I remember correctly. Uh, you know, his gloves needed, you know, special padding to protect him to make sure they don't, his hands don't get broken. And really, there's a lot of, you know, the, the power really won't be there. But his speed and technical prowess and defensive skills are, you know, I, I would expect we're going to see the same old Floyd Mayweather. Because I don't think Floyd's not a guy who's been searching around since he beat Andre Berto. He, he's been, I, I can believe that he's been in the gym. And you know, getting himself mentally ready for this fight. I don't know how you see uh, this the, the boxing aspect of this fight going along. 
It's not going to end in 90 seconds. I mean, let's just be just be realistic about it. Um, we'll throw that. I'll, we'll throw. We'll kibosh that right out the window. And when I talked to Mick Conlon, Mick Conlon made me. But when when we have the interview, we have the video and an article up on Fightful about this, and he t- telling us that he was gonna going to be working with McGregor and helping him, and not sparring with him, and being in the gym with him and giving him pointers and so on and so forth. He's going to come in prepared. He's not going to have the white saints like he does in MMA. He's not that stupid. He's bringing in boxing people. Everyone thinks, well, you know, John Cavanaugh is going to be the lead trainer, but they're bringing in a lot of boxing people for this. Mick Conlon's just one of them. So let's everyone needs to relax um, on that aspect. Um, you got to remember, we have to remember, and you're talking that symmetrics and as Floyd Mayweather is four years old. He hasn't lit. Yeah, everyone say, well, you know, he didn't knock out Victor Ortiz. It was, a cheap, was it a cheap shot? Yeah. And legal? Yes. Dirty? You're damn right. Let's just, we'll call that what it is. But he legitimately hasn't knocked anyone out since Ricky Hatton in 2007. We call it like we see it. And Ricky Hatton was on top of his game. So this wasn't like a shot fighter who he knocked out. Ricky Hatton was a legit fighter who was undefeated and power in both hands. So Ricky Hatton was no joke at that time. So I give Floyd a lot of credit for that. I don't give Floyd a lot of credit for a lot of things, but that was definitely one of them, especially taking that fight three months later when he had no reason to even take that fight on such a short amount of time. So I give Floyd a lot of credit for that. But we do have to remember, Floyd Mayweather is 40 years old. He's had some problems with Southpaws. Look at the issues he had early on with Zab Judah. Yeah, he ended up winning the fight pretty easily. But for the first seven, eight rounds, the first seven, eight rounds of the fight, I want people to rewatch that fight. It's on YouTube. Mayweather had some problems. And even early on, he had some problems with Manny. And a lot of people don't really talk about that either. The first for first five rounds of the fight before the injury happened to Manny, he was giving Floyd a little bit of a problem as well. So he was giving Floyd some troubles. So Mayweather has had trouble with life changers, with Southpaws. You have a scenario, Carlos, of where Floyd Mayweather is 40 years old. By the time he steps into the ring, it'll be three weeks short of two years of being in the ring. Of course he is. He's been lightly sparring different guys, and he's running, and he's doing it. But you're talking 40 years old. Father time kicks everybody's ass at the end of the day. Look at Michael Jordan. Look at Muhammad Ali. You're talk- Look at Willie Mays. They all got defeated by father time. Father time does come back and win, and he will kick your ass at the end of the day. Does Father Time strike Floyd Mayweather on August the 26th? I don't know. That's something we will find out then. But Father, oh, I want everyone to remember, Father Time, regardless of Conor McGregor's never had a fight, doesn't matter. Yes, he's 21 and 3. Yes, 18 of those wins have been by by knockout. Seven of those nine have been, you know, including seven of his nine wins in the UFC. But this is boxing. 
10 ounce gloves. No one's really talking about that. The 10 ounce glove factor. But Floyd Mayweather is 40 years old. He's had some difficulty with southpaws. This is why it makes it exciting because it's the unknown. It's what we don't know. We think we know. And the fans think they know. But we really don't. We really don't know. We will find out August 26th, live and only on pay-per-view from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Sorry yeah. for that. It was being so long. Sorry about that. Nah. Oh, no, no, no. I, I would definitely not want to, to hear more about the, uh, the expertise from the Steel House. No, I, I will deprive of the fans listening on that. No, no. No, no. No, no, no. I am no expert. So here's the so one thing that's been discussed about this uh, fight and this event. It's going to be an all-boxing fight, uh, all-boxing card. Mayweather Promotions is running the undercard. You got to imagine. They, they really have not mentioned anybody, but there's a lot of guys that said they want to be on that undercard. Mm-hmm. And I think you have a really good opportunity uh, if you're – you can really stack this card with uh with a lot of really good guys. I mean, you can put, you can have Javante Davis be the co-main event defending his title, his IBF uh title, and he looked great against Liam Walsh. Liam Walsh. And first of all, I don't think I've forgotten about the fact that I that I was the one that said Javante Davis is gonna win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I believe in you, Javante. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you're doing okay, kid. You're doing okay. Doing okay for yourself. Um, you can you can definitely have Bono. You're still and I want to see if you see if this is be fine. You can have Bono Jack make his light heavyweight debut on that card. Will Smith uh, Junior. Here is doesn't get a world title shot in his next fight. I can see. You know, why not Joe Smith Jr. versus Bob Jack? That's an attractive, like, heavyweight fight. That listen, we don't know anything about what, where, uh, who Bob Jack's gonna fight. He's been saying months after the James DeGale fight, hey, I'm going to lay heavyweight, the super middleweight division. I don't care about it anymore. Can't make weight. Judges are against me. I'm going to 175. But you, I agree with those options, by the way. I think, I think it's gonna be Javante Davis. I think it's going to be Badu Jack. I think it's going to be because those are the guys Mayweather's really pushing. And I think he would – I'll put it this way. It would be very dumb of Floyd Mayweather not to have both of those guys on the card. And I think Floyd is smart enough and Leonard LRB, they're smart enough guys to be like, okay, let's let's put them on. I think it gives them, it gives them, a, gives them worldwide exposure. This undercard will be better than Mayweather and uh, Pacquiao. I guarantee that. The Joe Smith scenario, I think, is a little premature just because Joe Smith is fighting on July 15th. So I think, I don't know if Joe Smith, unless Joe Smith wins in like 90 seconds. You know, I think if he, if he knocks out, uh, oh, God, I forget who he's facing. Solomon Barrera, I think, who he's facing on uh, July 15th. If he knocks him out quickly, then I can see that. And I'm talking to Joe Smith later today. So I, there'll be a question I have for Joe Smith. Would, you, would that be something that, you know, would you be interested in? So, but no, I agree with you on that, though. I think if they go, do you go a three-fight undercard? 
Because you're really wanting to build this up kind of from what it seems like. I don't know if it was a bunch of smoke and mirrors, but do you go two fights in the main in Mayweather McGregor, or do you go or do you add another fight in there? Uh, before I answer that question, uh, how am I sounding? Because it got, there's a few guys on the uh, on the live chat saying I'm sounding a little bit robotic. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Horton's new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. You're in and out a little bit. We can keep rolling. We can keep rolling. We're good. But right, no. um, uh, I'll say, I'll say, you know what? Two, I, I think they'll do three fights on the pay-per-view card and then Mayweather McGregor. Because let's face it, does it, Mayweather McGregor has the potential to be either a a twelve right could go all the distance if you really think about it, or it could or it could even last three rounds. I think they want to get their money's worth and get three fights in. I think that's kind of that's starting to be the norm on boxing pay per views. No, it definitely is, and I kind of I can go with the three fight assessment. I think it. I think you go three fights in it just because it does make more sense if you go if you go that route because you got to give these are your two these are your two biggest stars and you want to go with your two biggest stars at the end of the day you have to go you have to go that route it makes the mo- it makes the most sense so I think it's a very smart if they go three fights and then you go there because you want this to start around eleven thirty Eastern. You really want you want to let it marinate a little bit, let it, the fans inside the arena. You want to let them get excited. I, you know, and get into the even just the arena talk. You know, you look at. I'm a little shocked. I'm actually I'm pretty surprised they're holding this in the T-Mobile Arena. The fact this is going into T-Mobile Arena, I think, is a very big deal. Because you're talking about an arena with 20,000 tickets compared to the um, MGM Grand, where you're having a little bit over 16,000. And I think you can control the ticket. I think you can, you can control the ticket prices better. I think because now you have to think about, in terms of ticket pricing, you now have to deduct... And think about the average consumer who I think they should be thinking about to begin with. But I think having it at T-Mobile in terms for the fans, I think really helps. Because now you're going to, and that was the complaint about Mayweather Pacquiao, you couldn't get the average fan in there. Now, due to that, you add them in, where before... listen to the audio version of the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher that they wouldn't be able they, they were priced out. Now they're priced back in a little bit. I think that whole upper bowl 
It's going to be very beneficial to the fans. That lower bowl is going to be jacked up and it's going to be jacked up like no one's business. And let's remember that as well. So I think they're sacrificing a little bit of money here, but I think they're really banking on more sponsorship money exposure, more sponsorship money, and right around the same pay-per-view sales for Mayweather and uh, Pacquiao. So it's an interesting choice. It's a choice I would not have gone with if you're looking at just terms of maximizing dollars and cents. And at the end of the day, Carlos, this is about dollars and cents, regardless of what anyone wants to say. So I think it's intriguing, and I think it's a good possible. you know, I'm intrigued by what the ticket prices are going to be. I think the upper bowl is going to be good for the fans in the fact that it's at T-Mobile Arena. And I think the lower bowl is going to be outrageously jacked up to the gills. So I think they're expecting more money in different places, and I think that's where they expect to make it up. So I think having it at T-Mobile Arena is a huge win for the fans. It really is. All right, I'm back now. How am I sounding? Any you better? Sound, you sound amazing. You sound as beautiful right. as a, you sound as beautiful as a baby's bottom. Okay. Mm, okay. Well, I'll um, let the live chat. I'll let the live chat be the judge of that. Um, yeah. Um, a couple of questions here on the chat. So, is the UFC getting any cut from this fight, and who is sponsoring this fight? Yes. 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 The UFC is getting a cut. How much, I do not know, but I do have it on very good authority that they are getting a cut, so that that is true. Showtime is distributing the pay-per-view. The UFC is going to be doing different things in this fight. They're going to be doing an embedded series that they do, which I think is going to be, which I think is very cool. It's kind of like a little, like, I'm a fan. I think it's like a it's like a mini twenty episode of twenty four seven or a mini Showtime All Access. I think these embedded episodes that they do before the pay per views, I think, are great. And they get a lot of viewership, and this is gonna this is gonna blow away. And this is going. This is going. I think we're gonna get from what I've been told already. They're looking at it right around a ten. They're gonna start if they do a press tour. They'll start to do some episodes there. I'm told it'll be an embedded for the presser. You know, so I, you know, the UFC is going to be involved in a lot of different things. It, and I want to talk about the commentating. And this was shocking. And this blew my mind away pretty early when it was brought up about commentary. Because they brought up Moro and Bernstein and Malinaji. And would any of the UFC people be involved in that? And Espinosa didn't slam it down, which I thought was very shocking. And, Moro didn't seem too happy about that, looking on social media. And I reached out to Moro. He didn't get back. He didn't want to talk about it. But he wasn't too happy. And now if you're the commentary here and you're Showtime, can you really add someone from the UFC here, Carlos? Because I would say not a prayer. No, but here's the thing. Moro just signed on to do Bellator. And I don't know how Dana, how Dana would like having a Bellator guy, even though he's doing this for boxing and he's been a Showtime's play-by-play guy for a very long time now. I don't know. I don't think Dana would very much uh, would like having a Bellator guy doing a calling a major boxing event with a with his UFC guy in there. Well, so I don't know. 
But say not to cut you off. Sorry to cut you off. But what if it was a straight Showtime, the regular Showtime broadcasting? Could you make? Can do you think that would be an issue then? I don't know. No, no, I don't think. I don't think it would be that much of an issue. I think. I I think really in the end of the day, Showtime producing it. So I think Showtime is and should be calling the shots, asking who's going to be on commentary. I don't think it'd be bad if you sprinkle in maybe uh, and then listen and i'm not a fan of like three four man broadcast teams but in this case i'm willing to make an exception if you have your your al bernstein uh, Ronald, uh mauro ronaldo and your paul uh, malignaghi and maybe put in either john anik or or Joe Rogan to sort of, you know, just to have a UFC guy talk about McGregor, even though Mauro is more than capable of talking about Conor McGregor on his own. But I think maybe just for, just to sort of keep bringing on that boxing versus MMA crossover and for the spectacle, you're making this like a once in a lifetime type of deal. Maybe they'll probably do a four man team with the three usual Showtime guys and either John Anik or Joe Rogan. I think they would go with Joe Rogan. I think that would be – I re, I talk, I reached out to John Anik yesterday because I was thinking about this after the call, and he said he hasn't been told anything. So that's – and I think they would – I think Rogan would be the better player. But now if you're moral, and we'll, we'll leave this on – we'll get out of the moral topic after this. Did Morrow shoot himself in the foot here? By because Morrow had to have an idea of this happening. I imagine Morrow had some kind of heads up. Did Morrow shoot himself in the foot here by doing by signing a deal with Bellator, knowing that this was likely, that it was pretty likely, and he could have waited another couple months before he signed with the promotion. I think he shoots himself in the. I think he shoots himself in the foot here. I re, and I love Moro. I respect. There's Moro Ronaldo is the best com, combat sports commentator in the sport. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's even in pro wrestling. I think he's he's it's Jr. and then Moro. So, but I think here Moro really shot himself in the foot, and I think I think he cost himself some money here by by doing this. I really do. This is something I think he could have waited on. And I think he really hurt himself here. And I think that's going to be unfortunate because the best combat sports commentator should be announcing a spectacle, a big spectacle, as this is going to be. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say that he didn't shoot himself in the foot. And listen, and I love Mauro Ronaldo. I think he is an unbelievable, you know, a once-in-a-generation type of uh announcer i mean the, you listen to him doing anything mma kickboxing uh wrestling when he was on smackdown at least in the early portion before he got micromanaged so much by vince and all the other producers he was fantastic he made smackdown live a really good show just from his commentary alone and you know and i think he's i think he's gonna do great in bellator i have no doubt about that but i don't I think he it's one of those things that they I think they Belter really wanted him because I, I have not read too much into this contract. I 
he's doing the uh, the MSD show Bellator is doing. So I think I, I think they mainly be tomorrow is risking himself. But I thought, you know what? I'm still Showtime's boxing guy. I'm willing to risk that for the opportunity to get a UFC gig and do this historic Bellator card from MSG. Well, he's doing multiple events, a multi-event agreement throughout 2017 and, and next year. So it's about an 18-month agreement that they're around. I just don't know. I think he. I, I think he's going to regret this one. I just hand like this. Just the way Steven Espinosa said it yesterday. I hope I'm dead wrong. I really do. I think Moro should be doing this fight. I really, 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 really do. Is I think you need someone of his caliber calling something of this magnitude. Let's hope he does. Let's hope. I know Dana and Moro have clashed in the past. So let's hope. They put that aside, and you know we can we can get Moro. I have no problem with Al Bernson; he's phenomenal. I like Paulie Malinaji. I think he's a really good analyst. You know, I think he's a lot of pro Floyd, as they say. You know, I think he really slights the narrative in Floyd's favor pretty heavily. Heavily, but I do think at the end of the day. I'm 50-50 on whether Moro is going to be there, and I think that's unfortunate. But we'll, we'll find that out, I think, very soon. I put in an inquiry to Steven Espinosa to have a conversation, so we'll see what happens with that. So I can, that's one of the things I really want to know. I think that a lot that's a hot-button issue, especially with Moro not being too hot about it on Twitter. Um, but at the, Now, an aspect a lot of people aren't talking about, and no one brought up on the conference call yesterday, how did, this really hurts Canelo and Triple G. And I think we should end with this, and then we can move on to Ward and Kovalev. Because, but this is a big aspect, just because the fight is happening three weeks before Triple G and Canelo. Do you think, and we'll start with this, do you think it hurts Canelo and Triple G? Absolutely. I think it really does, because everybody's going to, listen, I don't mean to disrespect. I think I'm pretty sure the hardcore box, the hardcore boxing fans are going to be paying equal attention to this spectacle and Triple G Canelo. But the casual boxing fans, the mainstream audience, they're going to gravitate towards Conor versus Floyd. Because as great as this Triple G Canelo fight is going to be, there's nothing like Conor versus Floyd. There really isn't. And I think it's going to definitely hurt pay-per-view sales. Because if you really think about it, this has been a really big big year for you know pay-per-views and boxing. And UFC, UFC putting out a lot of shows. So, And I would imagine that a lot of MMA fans that are going to be interested in this Conor versus Floyd fight might be thinking, you know what? I might be wanting to talk about, I might be wanting to check out the Triple G Canelo fight. But the fact remains is that Conor versus Floyd is probably going to be hundred dollars to buy. Now you're expecting now you're expecting a lot of that same boxing audience to shell out another sixty, maybe seventy dollars for Triple G Canelo so soon. That's really going to hurt the pay per view buys. I don't think at the end of the day it's going to be you know taking out like a million pay per view buys out of Triple G Canelo, but I think it's going to make a sizable difference where it's really going to negatively impact the buy rate for that fight. And I think it's really unfortunate. 
It is. And this went from, and you just said it, and you made a very great point. You went from a fight that was minimum, low end, a one million buy pay-per-view. And with the proper build, and you're looking at maybe one three, one four, maybe even as high as one five. Now you're looking at a six hundred thousand buy show, even though you do have the star power of Canelo Alvarez, and I think that does play a factor. And you got to look at the Mexican audience, and it's a very the Hispanic audience just in general, and but to generalize it. For the for the you know the Mexican audience and you really have you can't underestimate that whatsoever, but I think it hurts it dramatically and there's no one to blame here but Oscar De La Hoya. I don't care what any at the end of the day, Oscar De La Hoya could have could have made this fight from May the sixth. Instead, he got cute, tried to maximize his revenue, which I get, and what you should do as a promoter. Make the most money you possibly can. But he overshot himself here. That fight could have been made for September the 16th. Now, it's because you wanted to be greedy and you wanted to be protective of your guy. Now Now you've lost a lot of money. The fight will still sell out. Let me find that aspect. But now you're talking in terms of pay-per-view. You're asking the consumer. Because more than likely, this Mayweather-McGregor, let's talk HD, $100. Then Canelo-Golovkin, probably 75, 75 You're asking the fans to spend $175. Then you're talking the low end, standard definition. You're looking at 90 and 65 So you're asking fans to spend between $155 and $175, Carlos. Well, everyone's like, oh, then you can have group parties. Group parties still cost money. Well, I can go to the bar. I can go to a bar. I can, or I can go to a sports bar, Buffalo Wild Wings. That's going to cost you money, too. You're, you have to at least eat. You have to get a meal. You just can't walk into a restaurant. Hey, I'm going to watch the fight. You're going to drink. Sorry, Carlos. You're going to drink. You're going to eat. Money adds up. So you're really you're asking the consumer. To spend all this money, that's a lot of money for anybody. I don't care who it is for, except if you're Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. You're asking the consumer to spend a lot of money in a very short window. The pay-per-view market got really hurt by Mayweather Pacquiao. It's so, you have seen it. You, and it, it took McGregor Mendez, and that was only at eight. That was about an 850,000 buy show, which should have been over a million buy show. And even affected McGregor and Mendez when he fought Chad Mendez. It hurt the pay-per-view market. It took a little bit. It took a couple months for the pay-per-view market to get really back on its feet. I think people are really, especially in boxing, MMA did fine, but in boxing, it really hurt the buy rates for a lot of shows. So you have to think about the consumer here and, Canelo's a big star, but I don't even know if Canelo can keep it where it's at. And the promotion for Delahoy for Golovkin and Canelo so far has been pretty poor. I've seen no press tour. You've had six weeks and we have no press tour. 
You're worried about signing Miguel Cotto against an unknown Japanese fighter. You're worried about that nonsense. You should be focusing on this. And Cotto's getting hurt by this as well. Poor Miguel Cotto. Telling what the hell was I thinking? Maybe, I think that fight has to get moved. Oscar's got to realize here. Oh, yeah. I got to put this the week before. Or I, I, if I'm Oscar De La Hoya, put this on August 19th. Do it. I advise you, Oscar. Do it. Do it for the sake of you. Do it for the sake of HBO. HBO's got to be pissed off right now. Oscar De La Hoya's got to be pissed off right now. Tom Loeffler and the boys at K2 got to be pissed off, but they have no one to blame for themselves for this happening. It's a shame. It's a travesty, but it all falls on the promoters. And kudos to Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, Dana White, Leonard Ellerby, and Steven Espinoza. They threw the middle finger, said a few, and called it a day and dropped the mic. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you want to discuss before we head into Ward Coverly? Because we're now starting to run a little bit short on time. Yeah, let's Ward Coverly, let's rock and roll, man. We can, we got 10 weeks. That was a lot to get to, guys. I mean, we're sorry that it went a little long on that, but there's a lot to break down just from yesterday. So we do apologize. Actually, no, we don't. Let's continue. Ward Kovalev to let's rock and roll, baby. So Ward Kovalev for the unified light heavyweight title. Rematch from their very, very good match from back, back last November. Ward made a tremendous comeback in the, after getting knocked out and knocked down early in the fight to win the fight via, uh, via decision. A lot of people not happy that Ward won via decision. I certainly had Kovalev winning that first fight. I think, if I remember correctly, you said that you also had Kovalev winning that first fight. But really, for this is going to be a really, really good fight. You're going to see a grittier, more aggressive Kovalev. Because Kovalev now is thinking, I can't get cute in the later half, in the second half of the fight. I need to go be aggressive. I've proven that I can already knock down Andre Ward. Now I want to knock him out. And Kovalev, in the build-up to this fight, he has been really, I want to really hurt this guy. And recently he was saying that I'm going to end Andre Ward's career. I don't know if if he really means that or that does for show. I'm thinking that's more for to draw people in to buy the pay-per-view because the first show didn't really do that a lot of good pay-per-view numbers and the promotion for this fight has also been equally as piss poor. But uh, right now I see Kovalev winning this fight via maybe 10th round stoppage. I think Ward to have to make another, he's going to have to fight for out all 12 rounds. Like he did in the last five, six, seven rounds on that first fight because Kovalev is going to go hyper aggressive in this fight, especially early on. I think, I think Kovalev is going to go for the early knockout. He's angry. And we got some stuff with Sergey Kovalev that's going to be coming out today and tomorrow from my chat with the former unified light heavyweight champion. He's pretty pissed. He knows he, he feels he got robbed. Majority of the boxing fans felt he got robbed. A lot of pundits, the overall consensus is he got robbed. We have to remember 
it was a very close fight. And I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch it today. And I just haven't had time to rewatch the first fight yet. HBO sent it to to media and I'm gonna rewatch it today just to kind of but my first recollection, I've watched it one other time since then. I watched it about a month ago, and I still thought Kovalev won the fight. It's a very close fight. These are the two best light heavyweights in the world, two of the top five pound, pound fighters in the world today. I re, and, you, and I remember thinking about the fight and listening to Kovalev talk about it and listening to other, you know, seeing some articles this week and being on the conference call last week. He was tired. If you look at rounds seven, if you look from round six on, you could see how tired he got. And conditioning played a factor. He's changed his conditioning coach. He sparred less rounds for this fight just to have more energy. He altered some of his training methods. He kept a lot of things the same, but he did spar less. He changed a little couple of different he, – he was training Carlos like – he was having like two, three hours. He was having like three-hour sparring sessions. That's too much. You don't need to go more than about, an hour, about 90 minutes, really. No, he's done a lot less of that. He says he's ready. He says you will see him for a full 12 rounds if it has to go a full 12 rounds. The promotion has been awful. I don't know how to put it more mildly. And this is all because of Rock Nation. Rock Nation is the lead promoter for this fight. They've handled all the media. And as you can see, it's been pretty poor. And a fight of this magnitude should not be piss poor. I reached out on multiple occasions to interview Andre Ward. I didn't get a peep, so I went to HBO. They said they'd get back to me, and they said he wasn't doing no interviews. Except for his his media day. So you have a fighter, and we've complained about this. A fighter who complains he's getting no love and attention. Not all the media lives in Oakland, California. Or the West Coast. There's a lot of media in the Midwest. There's a lot of media on the East Coast. There is three other parts of the country. And he, once again, for as great as he is, he's great. 2004 Olympic gold medalist, 31-0. and 0. Does nothing wrong. Doesn't go to strip clubs. Doesn't flaunt his money. Doesn't. He's a good family man. He's great in the ring. But he doesn't sell himself for shit, and that's the problem. I know the casual fan knows jack and nothing about Andre Ward. That should be the job of Ward, should be the job of his team, and Rock Nation. They've done a pissant job. The excuse was, all oh, we know we had the Alabama, we had a lot of college football, UFC, da-da-da-da-da. There's nothing on Saturday night. The floor is theirs, and they screwed it up. Main events, Colab's promoter reached out to me said, hey, would you want to interview Sergey? Absolutely. I have a good relationship with Sergey, and it was a great chat. But they're willing to promote. He wasn't. So it is, you know, on that end, it's going to suck. They're lucky to crack 200000 And it's not because of a lack of effort from Sergey Kovalev. Then you have the face-off situation where he didn't show up to – Kovalev showed up, and everyone's like, well, he didn't show up to the pay-per-view. He had permission to not be at the Canelo Chavez fight. Andre Ward knew that, and Andre Ward still acted like a punk and acted like a pendulum child and decided, you know what? Screw this. I'm leaving. HBO put a lot of money into that face-off show. No one realizes how they spent, they spent a, over, 
that was about three and a quarter, about, I think it was about 500, a half a million dollars. And they had to piss it away because Andre Ward had to act like a child when Kovalev showed up on Sunday morning instead of segregated. So the fight's great. It's going to be awesome. I think Kovalev gets it done. I think he's going the conditioning, I think, will not be a factor in this fight. Andre Ward's going to have to fight. He fought like he, if he's going to win, he's got to fight the whole fight like he did the last half of the fight. If he doesn't do that, and if he thinks Kovalev is not going to be prepared and, and not in condition, not in shape, it's going to be an early night for Andre Ward. But I think Kovalev gets it done this time. I think it goes with a decision. And I don't think that the decision's going to be as close as it was last time around. All right. So I say 10 round stop, but you say, you know, um, I'm going to say you're saying unanimous. Yeah. Unanimous decision. Uh-oh. What happened? Uh-oh. Carlos, what did you do? Man, I see. That's how you don't let him do that. He was trying to get cute. It happens, ladies and gentlemen. But no. In terms of the buy rate, and we were talking about 200000 I want to say I'm leaning more towards, like, the two fifty. Just because there is nothing going on on Saturday night. There's really nothing going on MLB. NBA's done, NHL's done, WWE shows the following day. The UFC card with Holly Holm and Betch Cohea is on in the morning, and Holly Holm is a draw. So I, I don't think they're really going to be hurt too much by that. So I think they're in really, really good shape here. So I think a win is 250. I think anything what they did last time, I think it was about 160,000 buys. I think that's a massive failure. So we'll definitely see what happens coming up on Saturday night from the Mandalay Bay Event Center in Las Vegas. Andre Ward defends the WBO, the WBA, and the IBF light heavyweight titles against the former unified champion, Sergey Kovalev. But, well, yeah, and what, I, you there, are you there, I, sir? Yes, I am there. My mistake, I accidentally yanked my, uh, I accidentally yanked my computer Onto the floor, and that's what happened. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I I managed to get the the sort of the tail end of it. And uh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, I think this is this fight really is, won't be review like it was the first time around. But yeah, it's still gonna be a really good fight. It's still and gonna be a, a really good fight. It's just a shame the promotion sucks, and it's all yeah. on Rock Nation, and you know. I think it's going to make a lot more people not want to work with them. But that's what I think also Andre Ward likes them. It's it's kind of like a weird, it's a weird thing. But let's hope that, you know, we get a good fight. I can't see this doing gangbuster numbers. And I think that's unfortunate. This is a fight. This should be a 400, 500 by pay-per-view. It really should be. Two great boxers like this. They both have great stories. And if you can't sell the two top five pound-for-pound fighters in the world today, something is wrong with you. And Jay-Z's a great promoter. Rock Nation does a great job in the music scene. Just with sports, they've really, they really have seen the struggle, and I think that's unfortunate. But, but you know what? There, there are Rock Nation sports promotions may suck, but you know whose promotion doesn't suck? Ours. <laughs> Go to Fightful.com for the latest in Mayweather Mayweather McGregor, Ward Kovalev are going to have a lot of uh, coverage on that fight happening this Saturday. 
You can follow me at on Twitter at Carlos Toro three six. You can follow Stephen at S Mulehouse MMA. That's S M U E H L H A U S E N M M N MMA. Sean Sean Ross said, "Listen to how Carlos Toro just did that, amigo. Come on, I'm a little disappointed. We've been I've been here for I've been on the team for a year now. You shouldn't have to Google my name, buddy. But no, lol. Just kidding." Well, get it right, man. Come on. My last name isn't that hard. And don't forget Maybe iTunes, thumbs, oh. iTunes Stitcher, saying, uh, and all yeah. that fun stuff. Sub what? on the uh, on the podcast page. Go to Fightful.com. Check out Fightful online, at Fightful online, at Fightful MMA, at Fightful Wrestle for the latest in MMA, pro wrestling, and boxing coverage. For the Fightful Boxing Podcast, Cole Storer and Stephen Mulehausen signing out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.